You are listening to the PFG Vibecast. I am your co-host, Julie Voigt, and with me as always is Mr. Russell Baxter. Russell, take it away. There's a story about a co-founder named Julie. Okay, I'm not going to sing, I promise. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, me and my my co-founder of PFG Vibe, Julie Voigt, uh, were having one of our brainstorming sessions. And Julie relayed a story to me about how she had a wonderful conversation on Twitter back and forth about the history of the Chicago Bears. And it really got her excited about the history of the league. And as our listeners may or may not know, Julie and I will be meeting up in Canton, Ohio, um, spend four days there uh, during the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. We'll be at the jacket ceremony. We'll be at the game. We'll be at the enshrinement. Um, Who knows where we're going to wind up. We're going to be doing some live stuff there. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Very exciting. I'll be making, I've been going out to Canton pretty regularly since 1989 um, and it's amazing what the hall has become and so on. Uh, but back to the conversation. That conversation about the Chicago Bears took place with a gentleman named Tom Pollan. And Tom, who is now the part inspiration of what is going to be our historic series on PFG Vibe, um, joins us to talk about the Chicago Bears. How are you tonight, Tom? Oh, I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Um, and yeah, when you're talking beers, you're talking NFL history. So, well, there's no question about that. And you know, there's a big obviously there's a big reason that um, you know the the National Football League kind of broke its recent form of having the defending Super Bowl champion open up on that Thursday night, um, and it's going to be right. a Packers Bears. Um, and let's see. By the time you listen to this on. Saturday morning, it'll be 47 days uh, till the Pro Football uh, Hall of Fame game, and it'll be 82 days um, until that opener. 82, we go. Well, there's we, there's a lot of a lot of numbers we could go there as far <laughs> and so on. But Tom, I'll start off by asking you, how far back do you go in terms of your memories of the Chicago Bears? Well, personal memories around 1968 or 1969, um, when I was first, you know, getting accustomed to sports, you know, finding out what was out there as far as sports. And then just all through uh, my childhood, teen years, I read just about everything I could get my hands on uh, that had to do with the history of sports, baseball, football. And it's, you know, it, it, the, the history of, of the game just has always fascinated me. And, you know, seeing how much history the Bears had, that that always one of the reasons why I became such a big Bears fan. But, yeah, I grew up in Chicago area. And about 68 and 69, about the time when the Bears were really getting bad, this is about when I, I was starting to pay attention to them as a kid. The um... – you know, obviously in 1965, uh, the Chicago Bears had a pair of first-round draft choices. Um, oh, yeah. Then, let's see. Gail Sayers. Dick yeah, some Sayers guy, right. Butkus. 
Um, you know, two names just synonymous with the history of football. And, you know, yeah. you can tell, you, you, got, you got your chance to see them play when you were young. Yeah, and, you know, I wish I could have seen them at their best. I did get to see them play. So I do, I, I always feel privileged about that, that I was able to see them. But I, I never really saw them at their best. I saw them at the tail end of their career. So that's the disappointment, but, you know, just two of the greatest names that, you know, if you're a Bears fan, you just know it. You know, Buck is third overall and Sears fourth overall, and the Bears, you know, it was fantastic. It, is, it was just two names that you could really attach to when, when you were growing up like I was and, and paying attention to the Bears. Right. Okay, Tom. So I know the conversation that we had on Twitter was pretty much yeah. about, you know, the, the top 10 bears of all time. And I remember, of course, the great Walter Payton numbering one, of course. And right. that was pretty much my childhood was the 85 bears pretty much. And yeah. what a great team. I know they're one of the top teams in the NFL that you can go on through history and, and talk about. Can you go further on how special this team was? Well, it, it's amazing because nobody really understands that unless you were there and, and you were there to experience it. Um, the team, everybody knew was going to be good. They were, they were fired up after losing the NFC championship game the previous year. They got embarrassed by the 49ers. And it was like they they were determined. They they were losing in their first game. They almost lost that one, came back and won. When that team really caught fire was when they took apart the Dallas Cowboys in week four. Mm-hmm. And it was just it's it, it just something people hadn't seen before. Uh, no, not week four, I'm sorry. Um, week 11. They were really dominating up until week 11. Um, and then they took apart the Cowboys. It was like something that caught the nation by storm. The Cowboys were still America's team at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody kind of still were in awe of their, their Cowboy mystique. And, you know, Richard Dent went into the end zone with a, an interception in the first quarter. From there, it was all downhill for them. And, you know, these guys were everywhere. But Chicago was hungry for a winner at that time, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bears in 1963, their 63 championship. Um, that was the previous time any uh, a team in Chicago had won a championship. So... But these guys won nationwide, and I think that started with the Cowboys game. Um, then you also had Fritch Perry earlier in the year, and he caught everybody's imagination when uh, Ditka used him out of the backfield. Um, I, I feel terrible for Green Bay Packer linebacker George Coons. I, I always am because uh, <laughs> um, Perry knocked him into uh, – the river. Yeah. Uh, Perry almost knocked him back to Green Bay uh, yeah. a couple of times. Once for his own touchdown and once for a Peyton touchdown. And 
you know, they were on national talk shows. They were all over Chicago. You couldn't go anywhere without seeing a commercial uh, with one of the Chicago Bears. And that's the kind of thing that just you never saw before. It was like, and they were cocky, and they knew it. They knew they were good. And and that's the other thing that kind of, uh, they had a swagger that was unbelievable. I mean, they made the Super Bowl shuffle after their only loss of the season for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> they <Right>. still <laughs> they still made the Super Bowl shuffle. And uh-huh. and that's that really put them on the on the radar too, because you know, everybody's like, you know, we're still four weeks away from the end of the season. This team thinks that they're you know, they're unbeatable, they're they're invincible and it turns out they were, but um, other than the the Dolphins, I really wanted the Dolphins in the Super Bowl that year too, but we didn't get that. But and that, that's what I say. It, they were all over Chicago. You couldn't find a talk show that didn't have them. Oprah Winfrey was not nationwide yet, but it helped build her in Chicago. She had the Bears on her show a couple of times, um, <laughs> and that kind of you know raised her profile in Chicago. So. It, it just seemed to keep growing, and if you if you weren't there, you, you almost think that that somebody's making it all up. That it, right. there's no chance. I have never seen a football team with that kind of attention before. It was like everybody was a personality as well as a player. So, you know, and. And they, they took it into the playoffs. I was at the division round game against the New York Giants. So that was a, that was a great game to be at. Um, colder than heck, about five degrees above zero with the wind coming in off the lake. That was, wasn't a pleasant game to be at, but I was at that game. I enjoyed that one. Uh-huh. That was the Sean Lendetta drop the punt game. That sure was. happened right in front of me. Yep. So it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, we, we we all took a deep breath of blue. Uh, wind was blowing so hard. <laughs> yeah, that was the Sean Lindana game, and Sean Gale picked up the ball. He was in the end zone, and that kind of set the tone for the rest of the day. Um, and you know, against the Los Angeles Rams, it's like that championship game against the Rams. Uh, you knew that was over when there was a big hole in the right side of the line. Eric Dickerson is heading for, for the line. He needs one yard for first down. Mike Singletary meets him in the hole, and they meet, and Dickerson goes nowhere. And, you know, I think CBS showed that replay about a dozen times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you just heard it with the field mic. You heard it with John Madden going crazy. Uh, Madden just went went nuts. It was like, um, it was almost, an, you know, I don't know how, is this a PG-rated show? <laughs> well, listen, you can't spell PFG vibe without PG. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> because I, I joked about it on, on Twitter. Um, a while ago, 
I think that was the first actual on-air orgasm in in in, <laughs> in broadcasting history. Because John Madden just it, it, John Madden fell in love with the Bears on that play. He fell in love with Mike Singletary on that play. Um, he loved, you know, the the Singletary. They started showing the Singletary eyes, you know, yes. Yes. at the line of scrimmage. That's where John Madden fell in love with Mike Singletary was that game. When when he stopped Eric Dickerson, Dickerson went nowhere. You know how powerful Dickerson was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was it. I mean, and I don't know anybody who was picking against the Bears in the Super Bowl. No. <laughs> and and as we all know, the the game actually started kind of out weird for the Bears. It was a fumble. Yes. And a uh, fumble, a Walter Payton fumble. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but but the Pats got three, and it was kind of yep. downhill after after that. I I have two memories from the '85 Bears, and maybe you can confirm a story that I may or may not know. First off, I always remember the game in Week Three on a Thursday night at the Metrodome. Um, oh yes. When Jim McMahon came off the bench um, and yep. did his thing and rallied them from behind to beat the Vikings. The other thing, it goes back to Fridge Perry, Tom. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the week before, I think it was the week before the Monday night game against the Packers, uh, they went out to San Francisco and yep. dominated the defending Super Bowl champions, the team that had beaten them 23-0 um, in the title. Uh, I believe the final score was 26-10. And yes. leave late in that game. Yes, he did. Fridge Perry yeah, was yeah. in the backfield. And, you know, it's funny. I, I got a chance to work with Coach Ditka, Ditka when I was at ESPN, and so I don't think I ever asked him this. Um, in the championship game the previous year, Bill Walsh yes. lined up Guy McIntyre in the backfield. Yes, he did. And I always thought that Coach Ditka put Fridge Perry in the backfield kind of as a, well, you want to put a big guy in the back? That yeah, is exactly what it was. Yep. Yeah, it was a little one-upsmanship, and and I love Coach Dick. I mean, I sincerely mean that, and so yeah. and, and that would that would about fit the style. Yes, that that exactly. I mean, he loved he loved teasing everybody in the mm-hmm. division too. He would he would do that kind of thing. Just a uh, one time a few years later. Uh, he, he got in trouble for calling the the Minnesota Metrodome the Roller Dome. Right. So he started right. he started wearing roller skates, you know, through the Bears' offices. Right. Just, <laughs> you know, because he liked to do that kind of thing. It was it was hilarious. But yeah, that is exactly what he was doing, and actually nobody really paid attention to it at the time. It was two plays at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and it was kind of two throwaway plays. That was incredible because uh, Roland Harper and Walter Payton basically ran the ball down the 49ers' throats in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter to score the game. Um, it was just a drive that was just, you know, go back to the uh, 1930s, you know, pound, pound the mm-hmm. ball down your throat football. But, uh, yeah, and then the Monday night game is when everybody started paying attention because I think – you know, because he went in there uh, on the goal line play, and as I said, I, I just 
<laughs> I have always felt terrible um, for um, George. Oh God, yeah, George Philbin, and it's I, I always felt bad for him because he he really played the he he was kind of the the third member of the EX, and he he didn't want any part of it. It's just. <laughs> Yeah, you, you felt bad for the poor guy, but but yeah, yeah and that's really yeah, Monday night football was made the fridge. Um uh, that's and it's it's funny because, you know, refrigerator Perry, this is a guy who was weighing about three oh eight to three fifteen and everybody was worried about him, how heavy he was. And you think about it now, everybody's that weight. Oh, yeah. And, oh, you know, everybody on the defensive line is that weight, and they were worried about Perry's health because he was he couldn't get down from about 320 to 310. And, and these days, that would be nothing. And it, it's amazing how that's changed uh, over the years. But yeah, he was he was a sensation because he was so big. At 300 pounds, which is average today, and, and then he he had that big Monday night football game, and then you know the 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 uh, encore in the Super Bowl where he you know ran a ball you know got a touchdown. So I seem to recall that a couple weeks later they played the Packers at Green Bay, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think. Fridge Perry caught a touchdown pass. Uh, yes, yes, you're right. Yes, he did. You're right. I remember that. I forgot all about that. My God, that's good. That's why I get the big bucks, Tom. That's what it's really all. About. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the touchdown pass. You're right. Yeah, well, he was wide open too. Let me, let me ask you this because you did you just spurred an idea for me. Who do you feel more? Who did you feel more sorry for? George Koontz getting knocked over by Fridge Perry, or Isaiah Robertson getting plowed over by Earl Campbell? Oh God, I feel sorry for anybody who had to try and tackle Earl Campbell. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he was the scariest thing I ever saw run a football. This, oh my God! The, um, the power, the I mean, they were you know it was a different era, obviously. Tom, and they ran him into the ground those uh, yeah first three years in right. and 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 but boy, what uh, what he a, had legs like tree trunks. It, oh, it's just yes, it was incredible. Yeah, I never how saw powerful player, that I man never, was. I never saw a player like him then, and I still haven't. I'm not saying. He's the quote-unquote greatest thing. I just think he was the scariest combination of size and speed I ever saw run a football. That was yeah, I agree. Running. I would agree with you. Tom, of all the years you've been watching the Bears, who would you say, you know, best and favorite or probably, who was your favorite Chicago Bears player to watch? Well, for me, it was always Walter Payton. Okay. Um, you know, I because I was actually I was able to watch him from the very beginning of his career all the way through 
his, his Bears career. So, and I said this on Twitter too a little while ago, that I felt very privileged to have been able to watch his career because um, that's how special he was and how special he was to me to watch. And I was thrilled to see him get that, that final Super Bowl appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's see. If you want to go, like, on today's team, well, I'm telling you, Coleo Mack was awful fun to watch last year. No. Um, <laughs> Unless you were a quarterback. So. Yeah. The but, thing that, uh, that always impressed me about Walter, and I, I, I don't have this in front of me, um, obviously his running game, I believe – he is still the Bears' all-time leading pass catcher. Uh, you know, that might be. I want to say he caught uh, 492 passes, and I think that still leads the Bears. And I think he also threw eight or nine touchdown passes. Yeah, he did throw some touchdown passes. As a matter of fact, it was one year where the Bears were – Yep having so much trouble at quarterback that they lined him up at quarterback a couple of times. Yeah, 1984, uh, as a matter of fact. That yeah, was the right. Year, the year they upset the Redskins in Washington in the playoffs, and then yep. that they wound up losing to the Niners in the title game, and then, of course, right. went on to the Super It was funny. From, from 84 to 86, they had three really good teams, especially yes. the in 86, they set the record for fewest points allowed in a 16-game season. Right. In 84, they set the sack record with 72, which still stands. Right. Okay, now the Ravens broke the 16-game record in, of 86, but it was the 85 Bears put it all together and won the title. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Buddy Ryan left after that season to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, under uh, Jim Tobin, the following season, they set the NFL record for fewest points allowed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was it was really amazing to see that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's still, you know, there's, a, there's been a lot of great defenses since 2000. Um, uh, Ravens and you know what Seattle uh, was able to put on the field, but I, I still don't think anybody approaches that Bears team. I, I just just the sheer ferocity of how they would come at you, and then that, that was that was all Buddy Ryan. He he had no problem sending everybody uh, against the quarterback. I think Tony Easton is still hearing uh, <laughs> footsteps in his dreams. You know. And, well, I mean, people forget in week two of that season, the Bears beat the Patriots in the regular season. Yes, they did. In, in Chicago. They sure did. And, uh, yep. you know, obviously, Tony, Tony Eason and, and Richard Dent had quite a few meetings in the Super Bowl before Grogan eventually came in. It's, it's so ironic. The first word that, that came into my head when I think about the Bears was the word you just used, ferocity. Okay. Yes. And it's a ferocity you you don't really see in today's game. And that's not enough. No. Things are a little you, different. Uh, you're, you're almost not allowed to. Yes, that's true. I mean, the 85 Bears were like a 1950s football team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and it, they were strong all over the field. I mean, all, all 11 that they put on the field, it, it, you know, there weren't any weaknesses on their defense. Um, you know, everybody keeps thinking, you know, well, it was all front seven. Well, no, they had Dave Gerson and Gary Fensick and Mike Richardson, and I think Jeff Fisher was the other cornerback on their team. Um, but, you know, Dave Dorson was – that was his first real season as the starting strong safety, and he was uh, – he was a, became an incredible, incredible player. And, mm-hmm. you know, Gary Fensick had been there for a while. He was the veteran presence back there. So, you, you not only – you have the front seven, you have the backups to go with. Oh, Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier was the – was the other quarterback. I think, uh, Tom, not to interrupt you, I think that was the year that Jeff got hurt. Um, yes, it was. In 85, and he was kind of like a pseudo-assistant coach, um, which I think kind of springboarded his eventual coaching career. So Yeah. Yeah, he did play on that team. So, actually, yeah, he was actually he was injured. He injured his knee on a trip. Uh, kickoff play. And that's where he ended up hurting his knee, and, and that pretty much finished off his career. Yep. Well, playing career. But, uh, so, yeah, he wasn't even hurt in the, in the, uh, he wasn't even hurt in the back, defensive backfield. He was hurt on a, on a kickoff play that went wrong. Wow. So, and that was the last time kickoff, uh, Ditka let them run a trick, uh, kickoff no, play. That would, <laughs> that would dissuade you, I'd start, sure, so. Right. Because <laughs> that, that got one of his, uh, defenders hurt, yep. Yeah. So. But, so, Tom, I completely understand, you know, the, the greatness of Walter Payton. And I think so many people, especially on Twitter, know that I have such high respect for um, Payton. Um, and then also I wanted to ask you, I know a lot of talk, of course, wants to try to compare the 2018-2019 defense Chicago Bears to the 85 Bears. Do you see any comparison in, in that? I think they have a lot of the a lot of the love of the game they do. You know, uh, what they just got done doing here in Chicago is they had a hundred years Bears uh, reunion with all the players, and a lot of the '85 Bears were there, and a lot of the uh, Bears, you know, 2019 Bears were there, and the guys who played on last year's team, and you know, were going to be here for next year. They talked to those 85 guys, and they came away. They were just uh, on fire from talking to the 85 team. <laughs> I, I think mm-hmm. there's that love of the game, love of doing what – because that 85 team, that was another thing. They just – you could tell they loved what they were doing. Uh, right. You know, it, it, it was just thorough. You know, they loved getting out on that field on Sunday. And uh-huh. I think – I think a lot of that did rub off because um, I see a lot of it, you know, uh, Jackson, Eddie Jackson, who's become a very, 
you know, talented safety as far as uh, a ball hawk and, and a guy who hits hard. And, um, you know, you got Matt. I think Matt came out uh, all fired up because I think Matt talked a while with Richard Dent just comparing moves and, and talking about things mm-hmm. they could do. And, and I do think, uh, you know, Akeem Hicks and, and these guys, I think they do really – take a lot of pride in what they do on the field. And I think that is similar. Uh, no, they're not as good. They're not as good top to bottom. I mean, every man on that, on that Bears, 85 Bears team was just at the top of their game. I think the whole team could have probably gone to the Pro Bowl as far as, you know, that defensive unit. But, um, but I think there is that determination. They're not allowed to play the same game. And that, that's part, that that's, makes it hard to compare sometimes. Um, the rules have, have gotten a lot tighter as far as the hits you're allowed to make. Uh, Doug Plank could never play in today's game. Um, Doug Plank broke, I, I don't know how many helmets he broke as a bear, but... You know, he can never play in today's game. You, you can't hit the way that they used to hit. Uh, you can't take down the quarterback that they, the way they used to take down the quarterback. So, um, but I think there are similarities as far as uh, the enthusiasm for how they go about their business and the fact that they're one of, they're one of the best units in the league at going about their business. So, you know, there are some similarities to be had. Well, Tom, this has yeah. been a highly enjoyable 40 plus oh, reminiscing. And we, and and we didn't even call... get to my favorite. We didn't even get to my favorite bear of all time. And oh, go ahead. <laughs> Rocco the Gursky. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, Walter Payton is one, Rocco the is one A. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, when I started doing all my football history reading, um, I don't know if it's the name. I don't. You, you, this is a guy who is not going to grow up being a, a concert pianist or a, uh, you know, a, somebody who himself. You know, Bronco Nagurski. This is a guy who's going to be a football player. Yeah, so that, that's just all there was to it. Yes. When you and, when you have names like Nagurski and Butkus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Buckus was not, yeah. I mean, Buckus wasn't going to be, you know, working in a store, you know, just kind of working a cash register or anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, he, he was I mean, just built for football. And, uh, you know, but Bronco had a lot to do with the early days of the Bears and making the Bears what they were. And, um, you were talking about Earl Campbell being a destructive runner. Uh, yes. You know, they talk about Rutland and Gersky was about the same way. Uh, he broke arms, he broke legs, uh, and sometimes he broke uh, broke limbs on his teammates because, you know, trying to block for him. Right. Uh, you know, Bears players would end up with broken arms. and You know, just, it, it was a matter of getting out of the guy's way because he was going to, he was tough to bring down, and, and I, just, I I love the guy. That's one of my favorite players of all time, too. So, well, you know, yeah. the thing about the Chicago Bears, um, 
regardless of the era, there is an element of physical football attached to the franchise, um, regardless of uh, whether it's, you know, the teams have been successful. When you think about the Bears, uh, I mean, yeah. you know, Papa Bear Hallis and, and, and Butkus and Doug Atkins and, you know, yes. a great, great play, Dan Hampton, Singletary, um, mm-hmm. Otis Wilson, Wilbur Marshall, you know, throughout the years and years and years, um, it's physical football. It's, it's not necessarily quarterback play. It's running games and it's football. Right. It's old school football. And, um, you know, it's, it kind of epitomizes the franchise and, and the original uh, founder of the franchise. And, uh, you know, he was the Papa Bear for a reason and so on. And, uh, th- I mean, this is just so much fun. And now you, yeah, now you know why Julie was so excited. <laughs> and oh, had- I, I love that conversation. I thought that was a fantastic conversation. Well, you, you <laughs> are our literally our inspiration for doing this for the next couple of months leading up to Canton. And we can't thank you enough. Um, just for, like I said, last 40, 45 minutes of the show, just talking the passion you have to talk about the bears, the passion you have to talk about professional football. I love it. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I love the game and say love the bears and, and you two have been fantastic. And, and I really enjoyed this. I, I will, talk bears all day long, all night long, and, you know, talk football. And, you know, I love I love doing it. I'm going to get back to writing about the history of the game, too, because I, I did a lot of writing on uh, historical articles, and they're gone from the Internet, and i got to replace them. So I'm going to be doing well, a lot can, more writing on that, too. You can join me, my friend. No problem whatsoever. Okay. Sounds good. Nice. Hey, you got it. You got it. Well, Tom, thanks a lot for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. Julie and I both really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you're going to hear, uh, enjoy some of the stuff we have planned with some of our other guests for the next couple of months. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll see you in Canton one day. I would love that. I really would. I would love that. So that would be a lot of fun. There you go. Thanks so much for coming on tonight, Tom. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both for having me. If I could sum that up in one word, um, phenomenal. Tom I was going to shoot for, the greatest. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to shoot for ferocity again because I just like when Tom. Played. <laughs> you but, like that and, word, and now, that huh? was the that was the the eighty five bears. That was ferocity. That's the, that's kind of the you know image of the Chicago Bears in terms of football. You know, hard nosed defense, physical football, great running games, great running backs, and so on. Um, and just a great time tonight, talking history, uh, which is something we're going to do on the PFG Vibecast um, for quite a few episodes leading up to Julie and I's appearance in Canton, Ohio, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame ceremonies from the, you know, the jacket ceremony to the, uh, to the game itself between the Broncos and the Falcons to um, – you know, the enshrinement, not necessarily all in that order. The football game comes first, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And hopefully you're going to enjoy listening to us for the next couple of weeks as we bring on a variety of guests to talk about so many different teams and their histories and so on. 
for those of you who really enjoyed listening to Tom Pollan tonight, you can find him on Twitter at T-J-P-O-L-L-I-N. Um, you know, he's a fountain of information when it comes to Chicago Bears. Um, he also writes about the Atlanta Falcons um, for Football Maven. Um, it was such a pleasure to listen to him tonight, the enthusiasm, the passion. Um, it's what we strive for here on our show. Exactly. I mean, can't get any more historic with that. It was just a perfect, you know, perfect team, too, to start off with. I mean, it's it's one of the flagship flagship uh, franchises of the National Football League. Um, you know, obviously, uh, the decision the league made to have the Bears and Packers play in that week one Thursday night game uh, is, is well-founded. And uh, again, listening to Tom tonight was a lot of fun. You know, he goes back with the Bears, back to his childhood and so on, back to the, um, you know, late 60s and um, and uh, great stuff. We can't wait to have him back on again. So for Julie Noted underscore PFG, for PFG Vibe, and for Bax Football Guru, follow us all on Twitter. And we can't wait to do another show and talk more historic football on the PFG Vibecast. Good night. So long, everyone.